You are listening to episode 284 on University of Adversity. What I'm focusing on right now with my own work is a lot of self-worth and empowering people because I realized that I spent a lot of my life uh, self-sabotaging, making an absolute mess, (laughs) making poor choices based off of, you know, beliefs about myself and it all just kind of kept coming back to self-worth. And because of my car accident that I've had, um, I've had three, by the way. None of them were my fault as a passenger in two. (laughs) Yeah, which was really weird because they were all exactly five years apart, which Hmm. I thought was very strange. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. Super grateful for you guys. If this is your first time dropping in, welcome to the family. All you regular listeners, welcome back. If you are tuning in and you haven't subscribed yet, please hit the subscribe button on Apple or wherever you listen to this. It's really important in helping the show grow. Also, if you do get value from this, please leave us a review on Apple. It's greatly appreciated. We are also available on YouTube. So if you want to look and laugh at my funny faces that I make while I listen or talk, feel free to do so over there also. (laughs) So today's guest, she's becoming a very good friend of mine. Um, I was introduced to her recently through my other amazing friend, Sarah Porchetta. Got to give her a shout out because she connected us and... My next guest, her name is Shanti Ma, who's got such an incredible story. And I will mention, she mentioned something on here that she has not talked about publicly at all, even on her show. So make sure you stay tuned to that because she not only speaks absolute fire, but she spills the beans on something that's, again, never been talked about. So you don't want to miss that. You want to listen to this right till the end, you guys. We cover self-sabotage. What does that mean? What is self-worth? We talk about the dark side of psychedelics and plant medicine, what to be aware of. And of course, we unpack this world and all the things going on. People that are pro things, people who are against things. We talk about the vaccine, the V word. We talk about masks. We talk about all this. But here's where I want you guys to talk, where you guys, I want you to listen to this episode. My perspective on all this stuff is only my perspective. My, I'm not a scientist. We are neither scientists nor experts. I just love to have the conversation about this stuff because I know a lot of us are thinking about these things. And I believe it's okay for us to have these conversations. Canceling people for having conversations about how they feel isn't the right idea. And I want to be able to invite you guys to openly listen to this with an open heart and know that I come from a place of love. I'm not coming from a place of being a know-it-all or scientist. I just know that what's going on in our world doesn't feel right. And my intuition gives me that weird stomach feeling. Just when you know something isn't right, whether it's good or bad, sometimes you got to go with does this feel right or doesn't this? And that's okay for us to talk about. Again, I have no judgment of how where you stand on this. We're all just doing our best. And from the information that I have in this world about where we're at right now, I have some questions. You know, 
I have some questions around why we do things, the safety of other things, all of it. And we unpack that and we really, I feel, jam-packed this thing full of information. Like I said, we cover a few different very important topics as well as unpacking Shanti's story. So you guys, if you guys need to pause this in between, feel free to do so, but I really recommend you listening to this right till the end. So if you're going to cook dinner or you're going to do something that takes a little longer, I suggest timing it that way. That way you get the best out of the episode. This is powerful. And if you guys get value from this, share this with somebody that needs it. And I invite you to just have an open mind, right? Think about where you stand on everything. And just because you stand on something doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It just means that that's okay, right? We're all confused. We're all scared about certain things. And we're, it's okay for us to question things. Just because we're being told things doesn't mean that we have to agree with them. And I am open and, uh, and, and always open to When I learn new information, I'm always open to listen to it and change my perspectives, right? I just want to be safe, happy, healthy in this world. And I hope you guys all feel the same. So without further ado, Shanti Ma coming right up. Here we go, Shanti. Welcome to the show. Good to see you. How's it going? Thank you for having me. Hello, friend. <laughs> you know, we talked about so much the other night. It's like, where are we going to go? Like, what are we going to talk about? No, I'm just kidding. It's like, I, um, it was good because I feel like there is so much to talk about and you are such a smart human and in tune to so many different things that I'm really excited to have you on because I was on your podcast, which is awesome. We had a really deep conversation and I opened up a lot on there and you're a great host. So I'm really excited to have you on the show now. So, welcome. Oh, thank you. You buttered me up so well. <laughs> yeah. Thank um, you. Yeah, my pleasure. So let's, before we get into what's going on right now in your life and these days, um, what's going on in the world, let's, let's take it back to the beginning of like your journey. So let's start right in the beginning. First question is, Walk us through a little bit of your journey of how you got to where you are today. And second part of the question, what is the biggest struggle or biggest challenge that you faced that had the most impact on your life today? Ooh, <laughs> big question. <laughs> um, wow. It's funny because, you know, when I try to think back to like a specific time of my life, I kind of feel like it's all been quite the ride. Um, so I guess what's kind of brought me to where I am today, which is kind of how we've connected and even my own podcast has been kind of a long journey. So uh, what I'm focusing on right now with my own work is a lot of self-worth and empowering people because I realized that I spent a lot of my life uh, self-sabotaging, making an absolute mess, <laughs> making poor choices based off of, you know, beliefs about myself and it all just kind of kept coming back to self-worth. Right. And because of my car accident that I've had, um, I've had three, by the way. None of them were my fault as a passenger wow. in two. <laughs> wow. Yeah, which was really weird because they were all exactly five years apart. 
which I thought was very strange. So anyhow, after this last accident that I had, um, I basically went from being like a really active young woman. I had just been in India. I had taken my yoga teacher training. I was feeling like I was on top of the world. And then I had this accident and I went from that feeling of being full of life and and opportunity for the future to having chronic pain and nerve pain and couldn't work. Mind you, I was dancing at the time. So I was making, that's exotic dancing. (laughs) I was making quite a bit of money. Um, And of course, when you go into any kind of like injury or illness, you don't, there's no benefits for you you know, of course, (laughs) in that kind of career. So I had gone from having a lot of money, being a really active young woman to now just having to sit with myself. And, you know, a lot of the things that we are able to normally avoid because we're so distracted and, and busy, I was having to face all of them. Um, and I couldn't even at that time practice yoga because my body was so injured. So now I guess basically that put me into this really turbulent and dark place because, you know, humans need to have meaning. We need to have something to look forward to. And when your future all of a sudden becomes, becomes bleak and you know, there's so much uncertainty about tomorrow, you kind of, you know, a lot, a lot of the journey is this struggle within of like, okay, so now what, you know? Um, So that kind of put me into like a really dark place for a while where I was like, just in this massive pain. And then um, trying to figure out how I could make money, trying to figure out what my, my life was going to look like. And, um, that went on for like probably a good couple of years, probably a good year and a half actually. And, uh, finally (laughs) I had reached a point where, um, I decided that I was actually going to try to go back to dancing to see if I could make some money. Cause we were like, my partner and I, we were like really poor. Like I had no resources. I wasn't sure where, you know, our groceries were going to come from. And, uh, so I decided to go back to dancing just one night, wow. even though I knew, even though physically I knew it was going to kill me. Um, and needless to say, uh, my body couldn't handle it. I also felt like, you know, spiritually, emotionally, I had grown so much um, that to go back into that environment, it also felt very jarring and it just did not feel right. Mm. So I was driving home and I'm like, okay, universe, like here I am, (laughs) vulnerable. I have no idea where I'm going, what tomorrow will bring, like now what? And I started getting this, like, I don't know if you want to call it like this inner voice that just kept saying, right, right, right. And everything will work out. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to write about? So 
it went on for probably a good like three or four days. And so finally I was like, okay, I'm just going to write what I'm learning. And I started sharing that on my Instagram. And all of a sudden my account, which was originally a drop shipping yoga apparel off of like Alibaba, <laughs> where I couldn't get past 500 followers. I scrubbed it clean and started sharing what I was learning and it blew up and it grew and it's now, you know, just under 10,000 followers. So basically what I realized after having this accident and everything that I went through and my body becoming like this prison um, was why am I here and why have I, you know, experienced so many similar and yet painful things throughout my life. Um, and it has had a lot to do with choices I've made that have all come back down to my self-worth. And so I feel like if I can figure out how to heal those old wounds and that emotional place within me, maybe I could then heal my body. So that's kind of how it all started. So yeah, that's kind of a long story short, even though it sounds, you know, long, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting because you brought up self-sabotage and it's pretty common for everybody, but I kind of wanted to unpack that a little bit more. Like when did you realize that that's what you were doing? Like when did that become a thing? Because self-sabotage, it's easy in, once you know what it is, like when you're kind of into the spiritual world, personal growth, you kind of get an understanding what that means and you can see, huh, okay, I know why I did that. But not everybody knows that. Mm -hmm. So maybe unpack self-sabotage a little bit and how it pertained and like, how, when did you start to really understand it? That's a really good question. <laughs> um, well, you know, I've been on the personal development um, journey for a number of years. I started when I was 17, I started meditating and listening to Wayne Dyer and reading self-help books to get off of antidepressants. Um, because surprising, I was way more depressed on antidepressants than I was not on them. Yeah. Surprise, surprise, right? Exactly. So I kind of started a long time ago, but I guess, I guess it was probably within the last few years after having my accident where with personal development, you can create this routine you can create this environment you can create a life that you want to live and you can eliminate all kinds of <clears throat> you can eliminate all kinds of like toxic people situations and and patterns from your life but there's something interesting that happens when you're faced with pain suffering darkness despite having that at you know, the core foundation where you realize, okay, so it's easy to enjoy my life when everything is running up here. But when the lows come, which they always do, mm. then what? How do I respond? And I think I had spent a lot of my life in the personal development world 
being great as long as everything was going my way and then mm. still panic or freak out if I became overwhelmed with stress and, and things that were happening in my life. And so a lot of it was like, oh, I, I'll just run away. So I would travel because, oh, I don't like it here. I don't like these circumstances. I can leave. I can change my environment. But I could not do that. I could not change my environment this time. So hmm. I had to face the darkness. I had to face where it was coming from. And I realized that so much of what I had been going through was a direct result of my feelings of, you know, not being enough, not being worthy. And, um, I guess that was probably after having this accident and just not being able to escape and not being able mm. to go anywhere where it was like, okay, I don't think that we ever escape our suffering. And people that try to teach that, I think are doing a disservice to the world because there's always going to be death, mm. disease, injury, illness, heartbreak you cannot control that stuff outside of yourself so when those times come and they always will for everyone how do you respond where's your part in it yeah and it's like you said it's so easy to have everything under control when things are great but it's when things are challenging is really where the magic is right it's anybody can be grateful when everything is rolling, when they're winning, but can you be grateful when things aren't? Because it's mm -hmm. always a lesson. There's always something that you're being taught in that that's going to make you better for later, but it's hard to see that in the moment, right? Oh like, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to, I want to dig a little deeper here. Okay. Dig away. <laughs> um, so you talk about, you've mentioned not enough, not worthy, mm -hmm. and you got on antidepressants. How did you get to the thought that you weren't enough? Like, where does that stem from? Can you, can you think about how, how, how did you end up that young taking antidepressants? Well, big pharma, you see. Because <laughs> um, that's, you know, that's powerful. Had... That's like, that's, that's young, you know, like that's, mm -hmm. and that's, that's a real, that's like a problem that we have right now is like why was that the why was that the option why wasn't there something else first you know that's what i want to get to the bottom of yeah you know and that's the thing i kind of i went into crisis after taking antidepressants so i had gone from being um you know kind of depressed which like what teenager isn't nowadays mm. most of them are and um I mean, it was the same thing with birth control. You know, I was getting headaches. And it's like, here's a pill. Yeah. You know, you're not sexually active, but here's some birth control. You know, so it was the same thing. It was like, okay, I'm kind of depressed, but I was not at risk of harming myself. I was not suicidal. And they put me on antidepressants. Well, lo and behold, I became a very suicidal teenager. And uh, they kept trying to change my doses change the medication. You know, I was on Wellbutrin, Zoloft, Ciprolex, and they kept changing them. And um, my grade 11 year, I tried to commit suicide four times that I was hospitalized for. Holy shit. 
yeah, I was like completely like, it was like, I couldn't, I couldn't feel anything. Like I always remember getting this like ball in my throat, like this choked feeling. Like I, like I wanted to cry and needed to express myself and I couldn't, mm. and, you know, I think back to that time in my life and it's like, no one was asking me what was going on at home. No one was asking me, you know, about my past or things I had gone through. And like up until that point, you know, I would say that there was underlying things happening, you know, like single parent, my mom, she was really struggling on her own. Um, my sister, <laughs> my sister is pretty wild and, you know, kind of took off and did her rebellious thing. Um, you know, my dad passed away when I was eight years old, but he was pretty much out of the picture most of my life because, um, he was incredibly abusive to my mother. So she left when I was like nine months old. So my mom was struggling. I saw my mom struggling with financial burdens and, you know, there was some abuse in my childhood as well. Like, you know, back, you know, when I was three and of course now being a lot older, you can look back and there's so much scientific evidence and research on what happens to a brain that's been traumatized. It becomes like an injury to the brain. It's not actually just psychological. It becomes like a brain injury. And so there was some of that going on underneath, but nobody asked me, just here's a pill. So <laughs> I took the pills and... Yeah. Yeah, and it just made me incredibly um, self-destructive. And then there was also bullying that had gone on that year as well because the antidepressants, uh, <laughs> the antidepressants made me so kind of unhinged that then I became kind of like the bad girl uh, from some choices that I had made. And now I'm the bad girl and, you know, at school I'm getting bullied because, you know, I'm I'm, I'm that girl. And so I just kind of this shame and, you know, sense of like low self-worth started to really develop. And it wasn't until over the last few years that I realized how much all of that was still underneath in here. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. It's it's powerful stuff. (laughs) Um, You know, because now that I start to understand this in my life, like when you go back and you kind of unpack your past, you can see like how things just kind of lead one into the other. I can see that in my own life and I'm like, oh, okay. And it becomes easier kind of navigating it because you're right. Like trauma is, is a real, it's a big deal and it happens and it can really mess with you in those years. And those years carry on into your teen years. And your teen years are the hardest years of our lives. Like mm-hmm. that, that, is, that is something that isn't talked about enough. But like being a teen, you have so much stuff coming at you. You're changing. Your body's changing. Like you're at school. You don't want to be there. You don't know why you're there. And if you don't have like a solid foundation at home, it can be really fucked. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and that's a time that's so crucial that you need that real strong foundation. And if you don't have it, you can go down all kinds of different bad roads. And it's, it's, it's scary to think about. You couldn't pay me enough money to go back to those days. 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I think back to even just as a dancer, it's like, well, why why was I taking my clothes off for money in the first place? And this isn't to shame anybody who really enjoys that. Um, But, you know, for me, it was like, well, there was obviously the financial aspect of it because for a long time I had bartended and I had served and I was making really good money when I was living in Alberta. And then I come back to BC, the the same kind of money that I was making there I mean, you couldn't even compare it. And so finally I was like, okay, well, I basically have to dress the same <laughs> in the serving yeah. and nightclub industry. I'm getting sexually harassed. My bosses are stealing my tips and, you know, high on cocaine and, and the yeah. environment is just as seedy. I might as well, instead of making, you know, this amount, make this amount and do something I, with my life. I completely agree with you. Like So, you know, but yeah. with that it was also this other aspect of okay but why was i okay with doing that okay mm. well number 1 number 1 it was i had already been the bad girl you know i was already in my mind living as that girl so i was like well whatever what does it matter you know <laughs> what does it matter i i'm already the bad girl and then you know, the second part of that too was that a lot of my trauma has to do with men and being very disempowered. So guess what? You know how empowering it can feel in those moments to make money like that? And, you know, so anyhow, I kind of, you know, when I started going back over some of the choices that I've made, you know, it all goes back to, you know, again, my self-worth. I had no idea. And this just makes your story so much more interesting too. <laughs> it, it really, it really does though. Like, and I think, you know, the transformation that you've had and you're having is going to help so many people. Like it's just so important because this self-worth is, is everybody's struggling with it, mm-hmm. but we have to be real with ourselves and really understand, you know, why is that? Why do we have this, this, is self-worth. And my, my next question that's coming to me is kind of like, okay, you're, you're at this point and you keep having these car accidents. Mm-hmm. You, know, you mentioned self-sabotage, you're not worthy. What do you think that these car accidents are trying to tell? Do you ever think about they're trying to tell you something or teach you something? Like, <laughs> What, what do you, what do you take away from that after having three within, you know, the same time frame? Like what, what is your takeaway from those? What are you learning? What did you learn from that? Well, here's the thing. Same, cause I've thought about that too. And it's like, I always specify I was not the driver in these accidents. Cause that's what makes it more weird. It, if I was yeah. the driver and I'm having accidents, it's like, okay, you're, you're reckless, but right that sort of, for me, it's a universal slap. It's like the big man being like, hey, that's not for you. You're more than that. And, and I'm going to show you because I remember when this last accident happened, you know, I had had this moment where I was like, okay, this is a lesson. I don't know what it is yet. 
but something is happening here. And I, and I knew because I didn't want to dance anymore. And I was on my way out of that anyways. Um, you know, with taking my yoga training, I was planning on going back to India again and taking more training. And I wanted to start doing yoga retreats and all of that. And now I have this accident and it's like, okay, you know, sometimes when you're hard headed <laughs> or you're, you know, you're not listening to what your intuition or this higher power is trying to tell you what you're here to do. My God, literally, <laughs> this invisible hand will smack you and say, not for you. Oh, you think you're going this way? I don't think so. You're going this way. And so you go through this like dark journey and like, that's what it was for me. But you know, I'm familiar with this journey. This is not even the first time that I've gone through yeah. similar dark night of the soul type rock bottom journeys where I'm crawling my way back out of it. Um, and not necessarily just from car accidents, but, you know, from like choices that I've made where I've, you know, realized, okay, I'm not listening to my soul's purpose why I'm here and this higher power is trying to speak to me and I'm not listening. So what's the best way to get your attention? <laughs> Chaos. Then you're listening. Let me take all of that away. Let's see what's left. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, you, if you don't answer the call, if you refuse the call, whatever you're supposed to do and you allow yourself to talk yourself out of things, your ego to take over. You're just going to get, you know, it starts as a whisper and then it gets louder and it's like, all right, mm -hmm. like, how are you going to, what do I need to do to show you that this is like that what you're doing isn't the right thing. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that too. I really, I really think that. And would you say that, would you say that your the message would have been like fucking know your worth like you're worthy like stop stop it like stop sabotaging like like you got you are worthy of all the things like would you like cuz for me that's what I I I would I I'm just trying to like from my perspective unpack like what they would what it would be the message would be Yeah I mean that was like when I look back on most of the things in my life, like I was saying, that is the message, you know, it's, you know, cause I realized when I, I was doing like, you know, EFT tapping, I don't know if you're, yeah. are you familiar with that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I always do the summit every year <laughs> that's put on by uh, the tapping solution and I absolutely love it. And I was tapping along and, you know, and I kept realizing like, this self-worth stuff kept coming up over and over and over. And I'm like, you know, worthy of what? Worthy of what? What am I, what am I not worthy of? Where is this even coming from? And, uh, and then I started realizing that as I, you know, tried to um, navigate that, um, you know, sort of inner struggle and battle of like, I am worthy and no, you're not. And, you know, it's not even like consciously you think, oh, I'm not worthy of these things. That little voice comes out when you're trying to do something in this world. 
and it's like this little voice and you can rationalize all you want. I'm worthy. I am enough. And then it will sneak up in this like, you know, really insidious kind of way when you go to, you know, let's say put out your first podcast <laughs> and you're like, who am I? Who's going to listen to me? Who's going to care? I'm not qualified. Um, people are going to think I'm this. People are going to think I'm that. And then, you know, oh, maybe I just shouldn't do it. Right. Uh, and, yeah. and luckily I've pushed past those fears and, and done it anyways. And what I realized is that the thing that I'm here to learn is also the thing that I'm here to teach. And I started to realize as I started talking to other people, this self-worth stuff, it touches so many people and in different ways. And maybe I chose X, Y, and Z, and that was my path that contributed to my self-worth. But everybody, at least in some way, is struggling with that you know, voice of, am I enough? Everything comes down to I, if you're enough, you're worthy of love. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think Definitely. everybody, everything that we think we need outside of ourselves is basically trying to fill that. <laughs> and it's, it becomes, it almost becomes funny as well, though, like to me, because especially if you bring, you bring up podcasting um, as one of the things, and this is just kind of like um, a side note of that. It's like every, nobody has it figured out. Once you, under, <laughs> so true. once you understand, like you start to learn, like, you know, you get to learn about it and personal branding and how things work. And you just realize you're like, like everybody's just full of shit. Like everybody is just doing their best with what they know and they're just on different levels of the journey. And I've talked about this before and cause we look at it like everybody has, Oh, well I'm not worthy because I don't have this, 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 this. But when, what I've started to learn is like, man, everybody is weak. Everybody in certain areas, everyone has that, like that, like thing that we're talking about cause we're all human. And that makes it so much better because we're all, we're all struggling. We all have our thing that we're hiding or running from. We're all trying to fill the I'm not enough void that we all, everybody has it. Every fucking person I've talked to has it. Seriously. <laughs> Definitely. And, and that makes me happy because then it takes the pressure off too. It's like, oh, well, you know, if I do my best, whatever, like who cares, you know? But we have this like expectations that we, that we put on ourselves and then we compare ourselves to other people and we don't mm-hmm. think we're worthy, but we're just as worthy as they are, you know? And that's just something that I've noticed because I can totally relate and I feel the exact same. I used to feel the exact same, which would stop me from doing so much. Oh, yeah. So I would always say, why would, I, why would anybody give a shit what I'm doing? Why would anybody care about a book? Why would anybody care about a podcast? Why do I do anything? I can't do it, right? It's like, well, there's too many doctors. I'm not going to do that. There's too many of this. They're not going to do that. It's just like, all right, well, I'll just settle for something that's, that's easy and, and high demand. It's like everything that is worth doing is going to have other people doing it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it's like, 
And it's just understanding that why are they, because they had success in that thing, why are they any different than us? They're not. They just yeah. believed in themselves. Exactly. And that's the thing. I think that we often get caught up in seeing where somebody is at, you know, 10 years into their hustle yeah. and the day-to-day -day steps and actions that they've taken. And we're like, oh, that's unachievable. No, it's not. It's mm. just one foot in front of the other. You know, these little tiny incremental steps that you take they count for something. And if you keep doing that every single day, you eventually get there. And that's something I realized was for so long because this voice telling me, why bother? So don't do anything at all. Mm -hmm. Moving, like letting that voice be there and being afraid and continuing to move forward day after day, that has helped with my confidence. That has helped expand my realm of possibility and kind of open my eyes to a, you know, just a much more vast world of opportunity that I always thought was just for other people. So, you know, it's just, yes, that voice is there for all of us, but you know, and yeah. you're, you're going to have to do something a million times before you're really good at it anyways. So this idea of perfection and going into something and you're great right away, that's not realistic. So it's also changing your, um, it's changing your perception as well. And like you brought up a good point about, you know, knowing those places, knowing your weaknesses, that has been probably the most helpful thing for me on my own journey is where do I need to improve? Where, where am I, where are my faults? Where am I falling short? Where am I self-sabotaging in every single day when I talk to my loved ones, the way I talk to myself, the way I don't make enough time for self-care, making sure I can get to places on time or early enough. And just these little tiny things that create self-sabotage and when you see those things and you see where you are weak, that's where you need to put your focus and improve. I mean, so that's why I've realized that self-worth is not just about, I accept me. I love me. Okay. But if you're doing shitty things and you're thinking crappy thoughts and you're not putting out good energy into the world or you're doing things that are maybe disingenuous or you're not having integrity every single day in the way that you live, deep down, you're going to know. It doesn't matter if no one else knows. You're not going to like yourself. So you do need to, you know, see the dirt so you know where to clean and clean it up. So. Yeah, I love that. I love yeah. that. And yeah, it's having integrity with yourself. Because yourself, mm -hmm. you know, you're, 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 and I mean, your body keeps score. I mean, it, it knows right? Mm -hmm. It keeps track of everything. And it's powerful. It's, it's really the most important thing is like, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks because at the end of the day, if, if we're cheating ourselves, that's, that's where it all starts. <laughs> like yeah. if you're out of alignment with what your purpose is, then you're only going to feel it in when it comes to anxiety and depression. And because I feel like a lot of I, I've tried to unpack anxiety for me and like depression 
And it's usually, you know, what it causes for me is when I know that I'm out of integrity with myself or alignment, out of alignment. And, or I know that I could be doing better and not beating myself up. But ge- the general knowing of, well, did you do your best? Have you been doing your best? No. Okay, well, then that creates this like, this like, oh, you know, I could be. And it's really, it's important to have compassion for yourself, but it's also important to identify, you know, I think that's normal. If you're trying to accomplish something and you know you're not doing the things that you could be doing, then you're going to get a little bit of that, like that feeling. Right. Or if you're doing things that you know you shouldn't be yeah. doing, yeah. you're going to be, you know, fighting with justifying why you're doing it and trying to make it okay. Yeah. But you know, deep yeah. down inside, you know that that's not good for you. That's why I had to give up alcohol and, and um, fun party drugs. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I went through a phase of that in my life as well where I was partying. Um, and that was in part because I was avoiding um, – it's funny because I was on this, you know, self-help journey, but then I was also, you know, trying to mix, you know, self-transformation and self-realization with, with drugs and um, partying. And so here's the thing. Um, if you're taking uh, psychedelics or plant medicine, the intention and the setting and how you take it, it can be medicine, um, but there's a fine line of you know, taking drugs and trying to free your mind and you're, you know, abusing your body. And I remember during that time of my life too, you know, when I was really heavy into, um, you know, you know, partying and music festivals and, you know, I had this moment where I looked around and I was like, this is not what I want for my life. Like, I want to feel high off of life. I don't want to run from, because, you know, that darkness was still in there and it's like, you can feel it and you're suppressing it. But I always felt like I was lying to myself and, and I wanted to just have fun and let loose and, you know, be like every other 20, 22, 23 year old my age. And every time I would, you know, intoxicate like that, I always felt like, this voice inside me, like that knock that was like, you know better than this. This is not for you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, do I know? It's like you're speaking my exact story. I completely resonate with that. Um, alcohol. Well, even like during the journey of this show, the last two years, I've struggled back and forth with it. You know, I was off it and on it. And I hear I'm talking about, you know, helping people transform and all this stuff. And yet I'm going out and drinking. That's why I knew I had to pull the brakes as well, because mm-hmm. I can't be who I want to be if I'm not to say that alcohol is bad. You guys, I'm not telling you anyone you listening out there that that's bad. If you can handle it in your place, in your life, that's fantastic. But you have to get real with yourself. If it's the thing that's holding you back and messing with you and all your areas of life, then you just have to, it's about self-awareness. And I just knew like, Mm -hmm. does the person that I want to look up to, would they be behaving like this and doing this kind of shit? And I said, no. (laughs) I was like, they wouldn't be. Yeah. And for me, like I always felt like that stuff was just kind of dulling the blade and dulling my consciousness. And, you know, I'd have the, um, especially with alcohol, uh, depression the following day. And um, 
you know, it's interesting because I have had way more, I don't know what you would call it, like, you know, these ecstatic highs in my yoga practices than I ever have with like any kind of, well, I mean, yeah, actually even, I would even say like for me, my yoga practice and the experiences I've had on the mat have far outweighed even my ayahuasca experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've heard that from Kundalini people too. Um, You know, I've done some of that breath work. It's powerful for sure. You know, and I also wanted to kind of talk about um, the conversation about the the psychedelics and that definitely, and I've talked about it, it's not for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. But for you guys, you guys listening, you know, I've talked about it quite a bit and I'm kind of going through my own journey with it. Here's the thing is that it's going into it. The, the problem is, is that it's grouped. A lot of this medicine is grouped into recreational use and it's all one big bucket. And if yeah. you go into doing psychedelics with that, you're going to go through a really, really rude awakening. Like, and it's not going to be fun. If you treat, if you don't have respect for this stuff, it, you're, you're not going to get what you want out of it and it's going to fuck you up for sure. Set and setting is everything. And when, who's giving it to you as well. Totally, yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's huge. But like, for me, I don't look at it now as I'm going to like recreationally have fun with this. Like I'm going to like, I want to do the work because I know that this shit does not feel good sometimes. But I'm committed that so far what I've seen in it, it's allowed me to, to uncover and unpack some stuff that like I, w- I know I wouldn't have been able to. But my intention and setting, and this is, the big, this is the big difference between using it recreationally and intentionally as medicine is that they're two totally different worlds, right? Like, oh, yeah, definitely. Your respect for any plant medicine or psychedelic is like, it's, it's so important. And how you go into it and how you honor it is just like, it makes a world of difference. So that's the thing. It's like people, I think people can like mix them up and think, oh yeah, I'm just going to party and do all this stuff. It's like, no, no, no. If you're going into it like that, then that's the wrong idea. But if you're doing it as a modality to heal, and I think it's, it's powerful. It's not necessary for everybody. And like you said, you got to have the right trained shamans and people that know, Mm -hmm. but it's just one modality. It's not, it's not be all end all. And I respect that too. Like a lot of yogis say that you can get there and you absolutely can. And you know what? There's a lot of things you can do to get there. You don't have to, right? And that's a really important point. And I'm glad you said it because this shit is, is, is it's, it's a big deal. And if you feel called to it, great. If not, don't feel that you need to go do psychedelics. It's not necessary for everybody. For sure. No, and here's the thing. It's discovering your own journey. Yeah. You know, and that's and that's the thing. What might work for one person or make sense for that person, it does not it does not translate across the board for everybody. And totally. so, you know, for some people it could be um plant medicine, but for other people it might be yoga, it might be um, you know, mantras and chanting. 
Maybe for you, it's going to church, you know, and this is the thing you have to figure out what makes sense to you and what resonates and then tune in like a channel, tune into it, you know, because the more you tune in, the more clear it becomes. And I just really think that although for some people plant medicine might be, you know, the right thing, what I have noticed in the plant medicine community is a lot of spiritual bypassing where people are getting just too, um, almost like addicted to the feeling that they get when they are high because of these um, spiritual awakenings that you go through. But, you know, as much as you have those experiences, experiences. It's about integrating them back into your daily life because you also still need to live here. And I've seen people who have just gone so far out that they're on the brink of like psychosis. I've known people that have gone into psychosis because they're just too far out on the fringe of, you know, 5D I don't even know what that means, but this is what I've heard, 5D and all of these things. So you want to make sure that like whatever practice you have, you know, you're grounding that with like, how do I integrate this into my life here? And how do I still act as, you know, how do I act as an instrument here? How do I serve? Because this life is not just about me and my own journey. It's how am I making this world better for everybody? Mm. And you can get too far caught up in that high and that feeling and all oh, these people here and this life here. It doesn't matter. Yes, it does. It does still matter. So integrate the two worlds. And I mean, that would be something that I would say from my own experience and people that I've known and you know, just find a way no matter what it is that you're able to, you know, yeah, integrate both of those worlds. That's like something I really want to stress because it's yeah. like the plant medicine thing has become such a popular thing. And I'm just seeing like a lot of people that are like, you know, mm. like they're not it becomes even trend- living it becomes here like anymore. It becomes a trendy thing yeah. too. It's like who's done yeah. the most is like more spiritual enlightened. It just turns into another thing completely. Mm-hmm. And this is what I've got to learn a lot in, you know, the Aubrey Marcus mastermind that I've been this year is, is about the integration and like how mm-hmm. important that is. Like you're absolutely right. Like you nailed it. Like you can get so far into the astral, you know, you can do all these plant medicines, but how are you integrating it into your life? Like there takes time. Like I did 5-MeO DMT Bufo and that was one of the most powerful experiences I've ever had in my life. And just unpacking that and just integrating that into my life has been so beautiful but challenging also that I would not want to go back to that medicine for a long time. Like I'm still like researching and thinking about it and it's still like just this thing that it takes time And for me, like the respect and honor it to integrate properly. And it's like that when you do a mushroom journey, it's like that when, you know, I'm going to be doing ayahuasca. There's a lot of things that people think like we should just be jumping around next thing, the next thing. You know what? There's, I guess it's different for everybody, but it's important to be able to take that, you're right, that medicine, the journey and integrate it into this life. 
and and yeah. really about you know journaling and like what did I learn? What did I unpack? How can I do this? And in order to really get clear with that, it takes time. You have to you have to do the thing. You have to integrate it and. That again, set setting and integration, I feel are the most important. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, something else I wanted to add to that as well is that, you know, whenever you start dabbling into different kinds of um, spiritual practices of any kind, whether it's, you know, prayer, meditation, uh, plant medicine, you know, there is a, it's a spiritual practice for a reason you know, you have to also be aware of the fact that when you become very open and especially with plant medicine, the purpose of a shaman is not just there to give you medicine. They are there because they are guarding that doorway between our world and the other world. Yeah. So if you just start opening yourself up, I think that that's something that I've come to along the way in my own journey with some of my experiences. You can open yourself up and allow things to come in to your life and invite things in and you'll be getting the opposite effect of what you had hoped. Yeah. Cause there's, yeah, it can, there's a lot of dark entities and energies out there and people that don't, believe in that stuff like once you, you like once you get into that realm you understand that there is that mm-hmm. it's not just as what we see there's some like darkness oh <laughs> like, yeah definitely yeah, yeah. I, i'm really glad that you brought that up because um it's really important to be aware of that because i know that you had some you went down a pretty dark road with that and it took mm-hmm. a while for you to and that's why i understand now why you're kind of you know, it's important that you have that voice though, that psychedelics aren't, aren't every, isn't all the answer. Right. And I love that you bring that up because, you know, I talk to a lot of people that everybody's doing and everybody's like for it, but it's also important to have the discussion about what can happen if you aren't careful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I know. Um, Yeah. Cause basically you can go in and think that you're healing yourself and the next thing you know you're going to be having to call a different shaman to come in and undo the you know the damage and chaos and this is the thing that I didn't realize and something that I've learned over the last few years was that yeah there's things there's things that we don't understand and uh, one of the biggest things about western culture is we have a bit of an arrogance um, about the way that we enter into things and Mm. we like to make it our own oh I like I like this, but I don't like that. So I'm just going to, you know, skip that part. And I like this. I'm just going to make it my own. You know, not to, not to say that that's necessarily a bad thing for everything, but there's traditions for a reason. You know, there's, there's a way for a reason. And I think that to kind of bring it back to what you said, it's important that when we go into these kinds of things that we have respect and we have respect for the traditions around them, because I don't think that there's, you know, um, ceremonies by chance. These ceremonies mean something and they've been around for, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of years by, you know, indigenous peoples around the world, because they have an understanding of how to use the spirit of the medicine. So that's something that I've definitely, 
you know, learned over my journey as well. There needs to be utmost respect for the traditions and the ways and the medicine of, of the, um, of the, of the plant and where it's coming from. So. Mm. Yeah. It's, you can, there's some damage that can be done for sure. And I, I've heard it a few times. That's why it's so important to to do your research on the people that you're working with. And again, intention and setting and everything um, is just so important. So with with that, what would you now, like I know that you had that bad experience. <laughs> would you invite the opportunity again to to go and work with that medicine again or is that kind of is that kind of like your sign that's like hey this isn't for me and i'm okay with that well here's the thing like when i had my ayahuasca experience it was fine i had um a really good shaman we went to ecuador i don't think i was necessarily as ready as i wanted to be like my ex at the time he wanted me to do ayahuasca because he felt I was broken and that I needed to be fixed. And so that was kind of, you know, and I was 23. So going into it, I had that. So I was still very fearful of the medicine. I still had some amazing experiences and I would definitely go back there. But for me, um, some of the uh, destructive, um, you know, I'd say some of the destructive or damaging is probably a better word. Um, experiences that I've had with, you know, uh, energy healing and alternative medicine was more so having people not knowing a person or not, um, how do I put it? Like everyone seems to be an energy healer. That doesn't mean that they should be healing you. That doesn't mean that that person has clear consciousness. That doesn't mean that that person is necessarily the right person to put their hands on you and heal you. Um, so that's part of it. But also I went through a time in my life where I was so open spiritually that I was inviting in things that, um, again, were not good for me um, because I didn't have a good judge of character almost like so when it comes to the spirit world when it comes to spirituality you know i don't think it's i think that you said the other night you know about having that bit of a critical voice the critical you know you know judge inside you that's like hmm i don't know about this that's a good thing because i don't think that you should just let anything and everything in it's not like i would leave my apartment door open and just anyone come on in totally. it's like you're selective about who you invite into your home so i think we have to view spirituality in the same way be selective about what you invite in to your home which is your body your temple and i didn't at that time and uh, needless to say um it was affecting both my partner and I, and we had a shaman, our medicine man uh, from the Navajo Nation in Arizona. He came up here to do a ceremony for us. And um, after that, things were so much better, and I definitely felt relief after that, but that was a huge lesson for me, and that was something that I learned from um, from this man, this medicine man. is, you know, you, you know, he was saying, like, you people think that, you know, you guys just know anything and everything and that 
you can just do whatever you want. There's no consequences. And then I have to come in here and do some ghost busting and fix it for you. And he's like, you know, there's a way. There's a way. And that was just like such a eye-opening experience for me, which has made me a lot more cautious about not just what I practice in my own, you know, sanctuary uh, and what I invite in, but even who I share it with and how much I talk about it and who I talk about it with. Mm. Well, and, and that's just, that also comes in all areas in life too, is having that radar, right? Like, because everybody's trying to sell you stuff. Everybody's that voice of reason like that. Hmm. I don't know if this is right. And I mean, obviously that's important with it when it comes to energy healing and, and like letting somebody that has that control over you, but just in general too, with everything, I mean, building a business, who are you going to work with? You're building your team, hire, like all this stuff that, that like imp- that word of reason, that feeling, that gut feeling that you get is important. And it's important to identify that and to honor that. Hmm, this doesn't feel right. Hmm. You know, in yeah. all situations. In- Totally. And I know in Christianity, they call that spiritual discernment, Mm. you know? And so even if it's not necessarily just spiritual discernment, discernment, I think that's so important to know what you're letting into your life, who you're letting into your life. And I mean, that can go not just towards like plant medicine and spiritual practices. What are you thinking about? What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you consuming? You know, in in yoga, they talk about... um, So before you get to postures, before you even get to the asana, there's um, the yamas and the niyamas, which are how you relate to the external world and how you relate to your internal world. And part of that is, what do you consume? So that can be Mm -hmm. food. What are you eating? But what are you taking in with your eyes? What are you taking in with your ears? What are you taking in through conversation? That's either nourishing you or taking you away and, you know, diverting you off of your intended path. And and the nature of the mind is also that Mm. for everybody. How Mm. can I distract you? How can I pull you away from your journey? How can I pull you in all these other directions? And that's where finding something, and obviously for me, it's yoga and for other people, it's something else, but how do you come back? to the middle way? How do you zig and zag, but come back and discern what, what's good for you on a day-to-day basis and what makes sense? Mm. So true. It's, yeah, just coming back to that center point, just like steadiness. It's so easy to fall off. And yeah, like a practice like yoga. You know, I'm very, very new to yoga. I, I've, I've done it for a little while before COVID and everything. And I really just felt it was just such a beautiful practice to kind of tie together all of the chaos and everything in my life. Like, you know, like the hard workouts and, and you know, the interviews and the work. And then it's like this like beautiful, like, it's like it brings it all together to this like unity, you know, like of mm-hmm. just like, oh, okay. Because I think it's important for to have that balance, to have that softness of like, 
but it's, it was so challenging for me to yoga, but I, it, for me, it was such a nice lesson because I'm so used to being, to doing these, like, you know, um, these aggressive sports, this like high intensity thing, um, you know, very outgoing person, but then to have to like really, you know, go within and have these like postures. And I know the yoga that you're doing is quite different than, you know, the, the tradition or the the stuff that we do at the gym. But, Mm -hmm. but for me, that was just such a nice way to kind of bring it all together and like balance out the force, so to speak. You know, and I yeah, think it's so well, important for everybody to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were saying about that uniting and like, that's what yoga is. It's yoking yourself with a higher power. That's yeah. what it's supposed to be. So you don't actually have to, you know, put your legs behind your head. I mean, yoga ultimately is, you know, the cessation of mind. You want to become so present in the moment and in your body that your mind just stops chattering and you're just in that moment. And that's what's so funny is that when you're in those moments, it's like layers of your psyche start to unravel. And it's like this gentle feather, (laughs) instead of like a jarring thought, it's like this gentle feather floats down and you're like, oh, aha, hmm. So that's why I do that thing. And you start to have this understanding of yourself and um, why, why you maybe are showing up in life the way that you are. Like, like at least that was my experience with, um, with my own practice and my training. But yeah, with yoga, there's also different kinds of yoga. So I mean, figuring out what, what yoga is best for you but if I can give a word, if I can give a word of advice to anyone who's doing yoga, yoga is about, you know, you want to push yourself to a point between comfort and discomfort. You don't want, if you're pushing yourself to a point where you're holding your breath and you can't breathe, you need to come out of it a little bit because you're pushing yourself too far and that's your ego, you know? But you also don't want to be so comfortable that you're like, you know, there has to be a bit of a challenge there, but, you know, often yoga has now become so much about the being super flexible and, you know, reaching all of these poses that involve you being very um, bendy and flexible, but it's actually more about what's happening in your mind. So a good way, a good way to kind of think of it as you want to feel like a certain amount of pressure and discomfort balanced with comfort <laughs> in your poses. When I did um, a Kundalini men's camp last or summer of 2019, I was just blown away because it wasn't what I thought. It was a lot of chance, a lot of like holding like weird positions, like rubbing your chest while holding your arm and doing this crazy shit. It was the, it was like I shouldn't say crazy shit. I want to reframe that. Cra- like, <laughs> just like you know, I don't want to ta- put those kind of words to Kundalini because I respect it very much. So it's like just like really challenging poses, and to the point where I was almost in tears. But then after, like a frustration from having to hold something for like thirty minutes over mm-hmm. and over again. But then after, I was like this like bliss, and it's like breaking through these energetic systems in our body and there's like you know learning from somebody that's been doing it for like decades and decades and just to understand like wow and just to see 
you know, like tapping into that was really amazing for me, but it also scared me. I'm like, I don't know if I could do this again because this was really hard. Like it was really challenging. <laughs> it was like, uh, it, it pushed me to a point of like, you know, we think of challenging is like hard work, but this wasn't hard work. This was just like really like mentally taxing, like just like, wow, by the end of it, I just was like done, you know, and work through a lot of stuff, a lot of emotion, people crying, people like doing work and all through all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Your body, you said earlier, the body keeps the score and it's true. It actually does keep score. And so, um, you know, you hold on to things and then when you start to move your body, um, and I think we talked about this on my podcast, you can manipulate your state through manipulating the body and moving the body because you're, you're releasing things that become trapped in the tissue. And that kind of just reminds me of, um, there's two, two different people that kind of taught me that over the years. I had my first experience with, um, with that was when I was in India in 2012, the first time. This was actually before I was certified and, you know, I didn't get certified till 2017. But I had met this Thai man and he was a healer. His grandmother had taught him. He was from this like little Thai village. And um, he explained to me that what happens is you get energy that gets trapped in the body. So say someone is yelling at you and you, you know, you, you hold it in, you hold your breath, those moments when you're feeling stress and now you are suppressing your feelings it goes somewhere in the body. And then my second experience with that was actually during my yoga course was as I was moving my body, all of a sudden old memories would come up and old things that you haven't thought about in years. And you're like, mm. how is that still in me? And yeah. it's all of a sudden it comes out. And what my yoga teacher, which you were asking who you should train with. And I would say he's definitely one of them, Deep Kumar, but he calls it... Um, he calls it uh, like spiritual emotional constipation <laughs> where you where you hold this stuff in. So like say you get the feeling like you want to you know slap your boss or something like that and you, you hold your fist because you obviously can't slap your boss. You hold your fist. Okay, well now that energy that you have, like you want to slap but you can't, it goes into the body somewhere else. And so if you don't do things to release that from your body, you get spiritual emotional constipation. So then you start getting blockages, maybe you want to feel, you know, happy and light, but you feel heavy, you feel weighed down and all of these kinds of experiences, which would be like, I guess you would consider that like blocks within your energy centers, but it's because now you've, ex you've suppressed things. So now you need to release these things. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> and can be such a healing process for people, you know? Um, I know I told you before the show that we we're going to go, that I was like, had like a time frame this, but I'm just going to keep going because there's some more I want to, I want to talk to you about. <laughs> Yay, fun. <laughs> I'm like, I can't, it's hard for me to short, have shorter episodes. Like it's hard because I, yeah. I, I, I love talking and I, it's, it's hard for me to have that agenda of like having to keep it in a certain window. But anyways, well, let's keep going. So I, 
Um, I wanted to bring up another thing that we have kind of talked about recently and it's, it's really, and we're going to talk about kind of present day stuff. So first of all, you know, obviously this has been a challenging nine, 10 months or however the hell long it's been now. Time warp. (laughs) Really, it really has left people divided and it's left people, um, confused and it's left a lot of individual people individually who aren't in truth who are scared to be in truth who are scared to say speak their mind because of shutdown of cancel culture and because of you can't like people get fired for standing up for what they want you know like it's it's really really sad that people can't really say what they feel so we all have to sort of just we don't have to but that's the kind of the the feel of the conversation is that if you speak up about things you're you're there's consequences for it you know there's censorship Mm -hmm. there's all this kind of shit so the long answer to this question is how has the how challenging has it been for you to stay in truth and be able to speak up for what you believe in? And how do you deal with backlash from people? You know, the haters of the world, the, the condescending people in your life, people that think they know more because they've done a certain thing. How has that been for you and how do you deal with it? Hmm. It's a good question. I mean, that's a bit of a roller coaster ride um, because, of course, I'm human. I'm, you know, have fears and and anxieties, and you know, there's been that up and down roller coaster ride for all of us this past year. Um, because, like I said, you know, fears and uncertainties about tomorrow, uh, where we're headed, when it will end, how much control will they take before, um, before that's enough or, you know, how much control are we going to tolerate before we say enough? Right. Mm. So everyone has an opinion and I love this saying, (laughs) um, opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one. I love that saying, and that's something that I've thought of a lot over the last um, year because, you know, there's a lot of lashing out and people emotionally reacting and everybody thinks that they have the answer. But the problem is is that um, there is not enough conversation happening. It's just a lot of one side shouting and um, sort of dictating the narrative and the other side, you know, is being silenced. So I think for me in my own journey, I have been trying my best to not emotionally react. So of course I see things that trigger me. I hear things that trigger me. People trigger me, you know, friends and family say things and you're just like, you know, okay, (laughs) what can I do right now? I just need to breathe through this and then collect my feelings and thoughts and decide, you know, where's my own head at in, in all of this? 
So that's kind of been something that I, I've really tried to do is not, not emotionally post things and just observe what's going on. But I'm kind of reaching a point where I guess for me, I, I feel like I want to say things, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, maybe what the world needs from me is, um, you know, positivity and maybe people don't need to hear any more about politics because it's just, we're all so exhausted. Maybe I need to just keep on my path here and focusing on, you know, the self-worth journey and personal empowerment. But then there's this other part of me where I'm just like, I'm seeing things and I'm like, okay, you know, there's a certain amount of if people don't start to speak up and say things and we come together and unite, where are we really headed? You know, like we're starting to be violated massively here. Mm. So where where is this going to stop? So as much as it's nice to sit back and be like, oh, I'll just let the universe decide. Okay, time and a place. And that that I think for the most part, you know, sitting back and just you know, allowing things to unfold, but there has to be a point at which we find courage to to speak up when we see no end in sight to things that, you know, Mm. more, 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 more mandating this and more control here, more control there. And like this feeding of fear and putting people into so much fear. And I don't know, I think I'm still trying to wrap my own brain around where I want to take my own path um, with all of this. And I don't know if activism is going to be a part of it, but I think at least amongst friends and family, you know, we should be able to speak up and have conversations. And if people don't want to have conversations because they are so um, black and white in their thinking because of what they believe and they're not interested in having a conversation, ultimately, don't waste your breath trying to have conversations with those people. Don't argue because at the end of the day, it is not worth the energy. So, yeah, I'm still trying to figure it out, Lance. <laughs> me, me too. And that's why I think it's an important conversation because I think everybody's trying to figure it out. And I think sometimes we get into these battles with people because we're just frustrated. You know, sometimes I'm like, mm-hmm. I'll get into something and I'll see something and I'll go, I'll, I'll get all worked up. And then I'm like, do I really am I really worked up or am I just in one of those moods? I just want to like argue with people. Like it's like, (laughs) you know, and I think a lot of us, there's some people that have a lot of time on their hands. There's a lot of people that get frustrated. They're just, it's like, you just got to step back. I think this is where meditation is really good because it allows you that extra second, right? Mm -hmm. If you do meditate and you have a morning routine, it usually allows you to sort of have that extra second you need to kind of be an observer and that's what I say to anybody that is uh, skeptical about meditation or anything. It's like, that's what it does. It allows mm-hmm. you that split second in real life to kind of observe before reacting. And I'm the same. There's days where I'm like, in the beginning, especially, I was like, fuck this person. I want to like go out. I want to like 
convince them like this is the this is wrong they're so stupid like then now i'm literally like okay i've observed this i know what happens to my energy i can just go down and completely wipe my energy and then i ask myself was that even worth it like what was i trying to gain from this and it's taken it takes us away from the light which is what we need and is where we serve better. This is where I've realized because the hate and the, the trying to like convince people of things takes me into a place that I don't serve well. And same, <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm just useless, like in this position. Mm-hmm. And, but I've also come to the point now where again, you, you, you nailed it on the head. I'm sitting here like, all right, there's a certain amount of kind of, accepting what what is but now there's a time to be like all right what's true what's bullshit where do we stand (laughs) up and and now my angle is to really try and educate show people things talk about things in a way that they'll actually listen because there's a lot of people out there that are going down the road of just activists and people tune you out people are like i don't want to hear that shit you, I think the best people can somehow tie it into like their message of whether it's inspiration or whether it's humor or something. And in that, you can educate people because for, to educate people, they have to be willing to listen. If people aren't willing to listen, then you're, it's, it's just dead ears. So that's the thing. It's like there's so much craziness out there. What is the best approach? to having a serious message get to somebody without it being like, you need this, you need this. Just like sales. It's all it is, is like sales. It's like you try and convince somebody that they need this thing. They're going to go, fuck you. I don't need that thing. Don't, don't be a, a greasy salesman. I feel like it's the same way in the world right now. It's like, how do we educate people and let people know that certain things may not be safe because they're being told that, but without being labeled as this anti this or anti that. And, and like, obviously, and then people just pushing back. That's the dance that I'm trying to figure out myself. It's like, I really want to step up and I know that I haven't been enough in like standing for what saying publicly what I believe in, because I feel like, is that a thing I want to play with right now? And it may very well be more of that coming down, but that's the struggle that I've noticed in my life. It's like, how do you get a message across in the right way that's going to be received, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's where it's coming from. And this is something that I, you know, in my own journey have been learning. Are you sharing something? Is it an emotional reaction? Are you sharing out of fear? Are you, are you sharing because you've really thought this over? From and love. you're really clear yeah. about what you think and what you believe. And I mean... Um, I really feel like there is a mass hijacking of the human mind right now and it's being done through fear. And I feel like, um, you know, how do we learn things through repetition, right? And you're seeing that in Mockingbird media, the same media or sorry, different media channels repeating the same message over and over. And you see the censorship happening. Like who, you know, I, do you know who the fact checkers are? Who are they? They, yeah, I, I, I've heard. 
I've heard that they they literally are like ex CNN people. What? Yeah. <laughs> There's a like C- an ex CNN person gets to be a fact checker for the world. <laughs> that's the reality is that okay. the fact checkers are actually, it's like hiring. It's like hiring somebody from your own. It's like a complete conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. I don't even know the comparison right now. I know it'll come after, but it's like literally mm-hmm. taking somebody from your team and having your team, him be the referee or right. for, and, and, and always favoring your side. It's like, it's bullshit. That's yeah. the reality of it. The, the mm-hmm. fact checkers, that's, that's why it's so funny. That's why I see people like J, um, JP Sears. Yeah. This is the stuff, <laughs> like, without it's it brilliant. being like, ooh, you're conspiracy theorist. It's like, well, no, this is the reality. Like, you got to fucking open your eyes because the mm-hmm. people that are in charge of fact checking are not, it, 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 it's, they're not like in the middle. They're not like evenly yeah. distributed. Like, this is fair. That's not yeah. how it is. And if you don't see that, you need to educate yourself more. And I'm getting worked yeah, up they're... just by that concept alone. Yeah, because they're not a centrist. They're, you know, far left fringe. And yeah, so here's the thing. I feel like um, if the conversation was fair, no problem. But when I start seeing friends and family being divided, when I start seeing, um, you know, children, like babies, two-year-olds, being kicked off airplanes because they don't want to wear a mask. You know, and I think back, like, remember when we were kids growing up and you'd always get told not to put like, you know, plastic bags on your head? Like, did you ever yeah. get told that? You know, yeah, of course. Don't, one of the things you learn, don't put a plastic bag over your head. But now we're like, you know, we're putting masks on children and and um, maybe that's not the same thing as a plastic bag over your head, which I, can straight up smother you. I but get I mean, it. I, I get what you're saying. That, you know, when I think of that and I'm thinking how traumatizing it is for children, you know, they don't understand what's going on. They have no idea. And then I see this, you know, my, I think about like my grandmother and she's been in, you know, the home, she has dementia and she's been, you know, almost a year by herself and we can't go and visit her. And she thinks she's in prison because she's so confused used and, you know, demented that she thinks that, you know, she's been put in prison. And I think of like, you know, um, how many people have lost their jobs, uh, how many people, uh, have lost family members to suicide. I think of, um, you know, businesses closing down and, and then I just see, you know, this, oh, we have the solution. We have the solution. Everybody pay attention. Okay. We have the facts be good boys and girls. And when you're a good boy and girl, you know, everything will be fine. This will all be over and here's the solution. And now here we've got a vaccine and it's like, okay. Um, I I think my big question is, is this vaccine going to be by choice? Are we going to be strong armed into having to take it because it will be mandatory to have the vaccine before we can travel again or, you know, do this or do that. I don't know. There's just a lot of things that are happening right now. And um, we're getting one version of the story, but we're not getting the whole story. And people can feel that, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's no transparency. There's no accountability. Like I'm not allowed to, you know, pretend to be something I'm not and um, make money for it. That's called being a fraud and you can go to prison. But yet politicians are made out of that. And yet there is no accountability. So 
I mean, I don't really have a political foot to stand on. I just, I always avoided politics for like years until it started to actually affect me. And I'm looking around and I'm going, this is not right. Well, at the end of the day, strip all that other stuff away. What feels right and what doesn't? Like, I'm not like, take away the left, take away the right, take away all the stuff. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to pre-COVID. What felt right to you and what doesn't feel right? Like, Mm -hmm. listen to your fucking self. What doesn't make sense? Like, we are all smart. We all have made it here in life. If you're an adult, you've done it. You've made it through. Like, you're at this level of your video game, right? You've learned a lot. Now, let's remember those lessons. What felt right along the way, you know? Right now, you got to ask yourself, does what's going on feel right? Does... And this isn't anything to do with conspiracy. This has nothing to do with that. It literally has the, like what feels right to you. Does being told to take something, because, told, because if you take something, that doesn't mean you're not going to get it. Like if you take the vaccine, it doesn't mean that you're not going to get it. It doesn't mean that you can't apparently pass it on. And that still means you got to wear a mask. So that seems to me, that's like, okay, wait a minute, without any, me knowing anything else in life, that mm-hmm. seems weird to me. Yeah. Wait a minute, you're, wait a minute, I'm going to get this thing that is a little bit, I'm a little bit skeptical. Look, I put all kinds of shit in my body. You can use that argument. <laughs> oh, you do coke and you do all this, but you won't take a vaccine. Fine, it's a great argument. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But right True. now in present day, yeah. if somebody said, here's this thing we don't know much about, but you've got to put that in you. And then from there, we don't really, we're not guaranteeing that the thing that we're giving you this for is going to be taken away or anything else. And the reason you're wearing those things on your face, which again, I buy, I'll wear them. I want to make people happy. I really don't care. My mind is in other places. I'll wear the fucking mask. I don't care. But if they're saying that this thing that they're going to give you, that's not that tested, let's just call it as it is. Then you still have to wear this thing after. And then it's like, okay, wait a minute. So you got to get the vaccine and then you still got to wear a mask and you still don't get a free ride from COVIDville. How does that make any sense? Like, I just want to understand. Yeah. And this isn't conspiracy. This is what is out there. This is, this is from somebody who, from this area, from the who or whatever. I have screenshots from people on Twitter. If you get this thing, if you get this thing, it doesn't guarantee you that you're not going to get it again. And you're still going to have to wear masks. That's a fact. That was said. So that, for me, of being a human that's got this far in life, I'm just thinking, like, that doesn't feel right. What is the reasoning behind that? Okay? And, like, like I don't understand. I just want to understand. <laughs> Show me if somebody says, look, here's the thing with this this vaccine, this is going to be this, this is in it, this is that, this is going to help you, the, the pros weighed out the negatives, I would maybe consider it because, hey, the data was shown to me. Someone says, look, th- here's the stuff. This can help you. That, like, I'd be willing in certain situations. Look, at the end of the day, I don't want to take the thing right off the get-go unless I know more about it. I don't know whether we're going to be forced to do it. I'm also not going to say like, oh, I'm an anti-vaxxer because that's such a fucking stupid thing to say. For, for, because that's, yeah, but who's giving these labels, though? Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Because, Why are we labeling this divide? And they want to make us feel, because we're concerned about it, that we're an anti-this. And, and that is, that's the problem right there. And because yeah. somebody questions something, they're anti-something. 
that's the problem. Let's just let's just yeah. all assume that we're in the middle here. Like we're just we're just curious humans trying to get through life. You know, we're trying to do our best. And sometimes things that we're being told to do just don't make sense up until this point because we've done certain things that have conditioned us and then now all of a sudden in 2020 there's all this other stuff that doesn't align with the past that we've gone through and now it's like wait a second here i don't know so for me i'm just unclear <laughs> like i'm just i want to know more before i do anything like that you know yeah i mean and this is the thing it's mind control right now and um you know when all this started happening i felt violated and and i'm not going to get into details but there's been several events over the last uh let's say 9 months where i'm like ow ooh this feels gross like i feel like i'm being violated but i can't quite put my finger on it you know like something does not feel right but i can't quite put my finger on it so you know to kind of bring it back to discernment okay um you know before you were going to let's say take somebody's advice or even develop a friendship with someone or marry someone hopefully before you get into bed with someone you kind of want to get to know that person what's their intention what's their motive do they value me do they really care for me where is this advice coming from right mm. and so this on a massive scale is like why should i listen to you i don't know you I don't know you. I don't know what your intention is. I don't know what this thing is. And I just have to blindfully follow along. I'm not a barn animal. I'm an intelligent human being and I'm allowed to question things. And when you start telling me I can't question things, there is something wrong. Because now you're trying to take away my sovereignty and my free will to choose what's good for me and to say no to that which is not good for me. And so, you know, you can kind of look at that in like, Let's look at it as like an abusive relationship. You know, you, you get into a relationship with someone and you think that they are, you know, a certain way. And then all of a sudden, all of these things start to shift, but it's all for your own good. And, you know, you, something feels off, but you can't quite put your finger on it. And okay, you know, and, and boom, several years go by. And the abuse is so bad and there's so much fear and there's so much confusion and control and a number of tactics and crazy making and things that goes on that you are so scrambled up in your own head that you just comply and you go along with things even though something inside you feels wrong. And it's not until you walk away from that abusive person, hopefully that you do, you walk away and all of a sudden things become clear and you're like, oh my God, like how could I not see that when I was in it? Because so many tactics are used to keep you in their control. And, you know, I speak on this from personal experience and that's why when I start seeing some of this stuff happening and I'm feeling violated, I'm like, ooh, yeah. I feel like we're in an abusive relationship here with this psychopathic control freak, but who is that person? This, this person is invisible. I don't actually quite know who this person is. You know, I can't put my mm -hmm. finger on it. And so I am very hesitant about things that are happening. And I thought earlier today too, I was like, oh, you know, if vaccines like 
would I want to put that in my body? And I immediately was just like, I don't know enough about it. And it feels so forced that it doesn't feel like it's for my own good. It feels more like a violation. So, Mm. you know, and I'm open to changing my mind, but. Yeah. I mean, you brought up such good points there and I'm not like a stubborn human when it comes to like, I, I will be the first one to admit if I'm wrong, if I get presented something that goes against what I believe and it, it's, it's a better thing. And I'm, I, I realize that then I, I'm, I'm open to admit, you know what? I thought this, but this came along and now I'm more educated. Now I can mm-hmm. think this, that those, the people that do that in our society, especially in health and wellness or anything, their we're willingness to learn new information and your humbleness to say, I was, I was incorrect. I now know this. So now I'm going to change this and I'm going to talk about this. That's true intelligence, in my opinion, to be able to 100%. have an idea, be presented new information, and then be able to humbly say, I've learned this now. I've been presented new information. Now it's time for me to, to do this. Because at the end of the day, I mean what are we trying to do here? Right? Like if it becomes about you and your ego, then you just want to hold on to what you know and you don't want any other information and because you're, it's, you're afraid that what you've been doing is wrong. And that's what the problem is with a lot of people. And I am one that I'll, I'll, I'll say it. I'll say like, if somebody presented the right information to me and I felt good about it, I would take it because I'm, I understand that it's, it's more beneficial than not. But until I can see that, I'm very skeptical, very unwilling to really get involved with that thing. And that's, that's just a fact. Again, if somebody said, hey, this thing completely gets rid of it and we never have to worry and you can travel. Oh, like <laughs> I, there's the, these thoughts in my mind that would like consider these things, you know, what outweighs the negative and positive. And mm-hmm. right now I'm just sat, I'm sitting in these positions and, you know, listening to podcasts and having these conversations, I'm really confused. I'm like, I just want to understand because right now I don't understand. And from what I understand, I feel sick to my stomach. I don't like the feeling I have. And mm-hmm. that, that is our intuition saying that something's not right here. And again, if you haven't learned to explore that, most people haven't. They ignore that in their own lives right now and they just go with what feels comfortable, which is usually the news, which is usually their Aunt Sally or their mom or whatever it may be. And it's easy to all kind of get together and just be like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is what they're saying. We're all part of this tribe and, and anybody else is like an outcast. And that goes back to like tribal days of like outcasting people for thinking different. And it, it's, it's, really, it's really interesting. And again, like this is just comes down to, does this feel right? If it doesn't, I mean, it's okay to question it, but that the problem is like worrying about, well, what happens if I question it? What happens if I say something? That's a shitty place to be in. And that's kind of where we're at right now. That's called being in an abusive relationship. <laughs> yeah, Seriously. It's so true. yeah, it's so you, true. You know, cause, cause that's the thing. Like, and the reason why I brought this up as an example is I was like, I mean, um, before the relationship that I'm in now, um, like in 2015, I left somebody like that, you know, four years I was with someone like that. And this person programmed me 
into being afraid to question his superior knowledge. And if I questioned it, there was punishment and repercussions that were terrifying, right? So, you know, maybe one person could argue, well, you have that perception, you have the perception of, you know, COVID and everything that's going on in the world politically because of that experience. So like, yeah, maybe I've thought of that. Maybe that's true. Or maybe that experience gave me insight into a perspective that I would not have otherwise had because you were saying about listening to your intuition. There were red flags, right? And you, oh, well, I'm, I'm sure it's nothing. I'm sure it's just, this is fine. And then you're so in over your head. And, and this is, I guess, my concern is that like the long lasting negative implications that what we're going through right now will have on our humanity and on people. You already see, um, you know, because of the pressure being applied to normal people who would otherwise be like pretty decent people, either swinging far left, far right, people becoming abusive to one another in public because, you know, you're not standing on the dot on the ground correctly. I mean, I'm used this as an example. This happened to a friend of mine. She's pregnant and some like old lady in the grocery store yelled at her because she wasn't standing directly on the line. And, you know, my friend was like so upset because, you know, like who gives you the right to feel so entitled that now you can just shout and shame people in public. And that's something that, you know, let's a few years ago, something like something like that would happen. There's no way like that would be so socially unacceptable, but we're being conditioned to police one another. And during these times when you start seeing all of these rules and laws and people are afraid and now the greeter, you know, the, the senior who's supposed to be greeting you at Walmart is like the draconian overlord who you know, is resembling like SS freaking East Germany. Like what? <laughs> when did that happen? Yeah. And when did, so you get petty misuse of power because you give people who had no power before now a sense of power and they now become the overlord. And so you're seeing all kinds of weird things. Like we've talked about mental health and we've talked about, you know, the, um, you know, the economic crisis that we're all going through. So that's kind of, you know, what I'm worried about and, and kids, kids growing up in this time, are we teaching kids to be afraid of one another? That's like, what's that going to look like in a few years? Yeah. Well, that's the reality. Let's hope that this doesn't keep going on for too long because mm-hmm. any kid that's born in this time and they can, they're putting masks on and, and, and growing up in that environment of being all apart that's going to have psychological damage down the road. It's like a weird society, like all the kids that are conditioned like that, because those are going to be the future generation. Like we think of them as little kids. Oh, it doesn't matter. But like when, like when we are old, those are going to be the people, those are going to be the kids that are like, that are going to be like looking after us. You know, it's like, it's It's crazy. (laughs) Like it's, it's a weird thing. And you know, for all you guys still listening up until this point, um, this is this is just a conversation really just about awareness. And this isn't about what's right and what's wrong. It's just about it's just about like what's right and what's wrong within you. 
or what you think is right or wrong, right? It's like, I don't have the answer. My opinion doesn't mean shit. I mean, my, my perspective is just my perspective and how I feel about right now in, in this period of time, you know, in de- December before Christmas, I'm just confused and I just don't feel that this is right. And I think a lot of people, all you guys can probably, um, you know, agree with me that things sometimes don't feel right. And I guess that's kind of the challenge that we're in right now. It's like just um, having that awareness and and asking questions within yourself. But at the end of the day, like, what's what's the solution to this, Shanti? Like, what can we do? You know, how can we, what do you see as like something that someone's listening right now and they're they're struggling and they don't know what to do and they may have, they resonate with you. You know, what can they do? Yeah, I mean, something that's been really helping me is to limit, like I said earlier, like, what are you talking about? What are you taking in? You know, be careful where you put your time and energy, right? There's a certain amount of being aware and um, knowing what's going on in the world, but then also setting boundaries about what you let in. It's funny because I actually went years without watching the news. Like that's been a part of my, you know, personal development journey has been not watching the news because it is so focused on fear and fear mongering. So if I want world news, um, you know, there's places that you can seek it out where it's more like positive stuff that's happening around the globe, but you know, just mainstream media, um, and news is often very like negative. So for years I didn't watch the news. And then when all this COVID stuff started happening, I was like, oh, this will blow over. This will blow over. And then it wasn't. So I started paying attention. But then I started going down a few times. I went down the rabbit hole and I felt, you know, for like two days, super depressed and hopeless and it was not good. Mm -hmm. So what I've kind of come back to is, you know, be aware, pay attention to how these things are making you feel. Um, but make sure that you take time to work toward tomorrow. I know there's so much uncertainty happening right now, but you have to, you have to create a sense of meaning and purpose that you can work towards. Like humans need that. Viktor Frankl talks about that in, in his book and, you know, uh, man's search for meaning. We need to have meaning and purpose. So keep coming back to that. And also think about the fact that, when have we been given across the globe this amount of time to go within and sift through and think about who am I? What, what makes me happy? What matters? What means something to me? When I take my last breath, what will have mattered the most to me? Because if you think, if you can picture yourself on your, on your deathbed, and you think that you might have regrets, you have to change what you're doing now and, and find things to work towards every single day that will get you to that point where you can feel like, okay, I've lived a full life and I feel like I made a difference, at least, you know, in my, in my small circle, or if it means going, you know, bigger than that and put your focus on how can I show up how can I do my best and um, live without regret? And how can, I, how can I serve? You know, and maybe that for you could be activism. 
maybe you feel called to speaking out against some of this stuff. But sometimes, you know, I mean, it's again, finding your path and, and figuring out what works for you and what you're here to do. But, you know, just withdraw from some of that information. Even tell people, I'm starting to tell my friends and family, like, I can't have these conversations. You know, like I, you know, it's really triggering. Let's just, you know, let's talk about some other things just because we're becoming overwhelmed with COVID, COVID politics, this and that, and all of this stuff. And I, I feel like it's just too much. And so the best thing that I've been able to do is just like my morning routine, focusing on, you know, okay, how am I feeling today? Oh, I feel kind of anxious. I feel scattered. Well, how do I want to feel today? You know, what, what's something I can do to make that possible? What are three things I'm grateful for? I'm grateful I have a bed. I'm grateful I have hot water. I'm grateful I have food in the fridge. There's so many people in the world that don't have those things. I'm grateful that bombs aren't being dropped in my neighborhood right now and that I can at least go to sleep feeling at ease knowing that that's not something I have to be afraid of right now. So it's just trying to figure out ways that you can shift your perspective and fill your days with things that are meaningful. That's been kind of my best. That's my best advice. <laughs> it's gold. Where, yeah. can where can everybody find you and check out more of your work? Well, I'm mostly active on Instagram. So you guys can check me out on there, which is Shanti, S-H-A-N-T-I-H underscore M-A. Um, I am currently working on my first book, which is going to be, I'm not sure when I'm going to release it. I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to do self-publishing or traditional, but that is going to be all about um, self-worth, how to clean up your life and believe in yourself. So that's where you can mostly find me. I am on Facebook, not as active, but yeah. (laughs) And of course, your amazing podcast. Oh yeah, my podcast. (laughs) The Shanti Ma podcast. Sorry guys, (laughs) I've only been doing that for over a year. (laughs) Yeah, and it's great. I highly suggest you guys go and listen to the podcast and what you can do is go subscribe to it and listen to an episode, then leave a nice review because the reviews on Apple are very, very important. As you guys hear in the intro and outro, I tell you guys to go do this for my show, for this show. So I want you guys to go do this for Shanti's show. It's very important and it's, it helps the show grow so that more people see it. And I mean, that's really the message that we want is get the show out to as many people. So um, to, for the last question, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. Um, I know you kind of answered this, but it's just kind of like the final question that I ask everybody. Okay. What is one lesson that adversity has taught you? No matter how many times you fall down, you get that much better and stronger at picking yourself back up again. And it's just a choice at that point. And um, it's a part of the human condition. We all suffer. You can't escape it. And once you can wrap your mind around that, um, and prepare to weather the storm and develop tools that will help you navigate when those tough times come. You develop internal resilience and grit and you become unstoppable. And the only thing that will ever stop you is you getting in your own way and your fear. So just if you, if you feel like, you know, you've kind of hit an obstacle, I mean, 
get creative and find your way around it and through it and just be determined. So yeah, that would be it. Wow. That was beautiful. (laughs) It's like you had that all ready to go or something. (laughs) Wait a second. Let me consult my notes here. (laughs) I truly believe it. I truly believe it. (laughs) For sure. sure. I, um, I really appreciate you coming on. This was such an awesome conversation. And I'm glad that we went longer than, than we were planning because it, this was just, I knew that we'd have so much to talk about and I feel like we covered so much and just thank you for the light that you bring to the world. Thank you for your knowledge and just being you. You got a powerful message and I really, really appreciate you, Shanti. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate your time and giving me the opportunity to come on and share. And um, thank you so much. Pleasure is all mine. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Make sure to check out Shanti and follow her. She's awesome. Check out her podcast. And, and if you guys want to hear us talk more, I was also on her her show as well. I opened up and she brought me to a tear, which is doesn't happen too often, but it did. So what did you think? <laughs> Told you we covered a lot. Self-sabotage, self-worth psychedelics and what's going on in this world we cover all of it again this is i'm not an expert i'm not a scientist and i don't claim to be i'm just giving to my honest from my heart opinion of how i feel and i hope you guys appreciate it and i hope it encourages you to to think about things and and to question things if you feel it doesn't feel right and that's okay i love you guys hope you guys stay safe help healthy and we'll catch you soon